Hot topics and interviews. And that's just how we do it. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the Entertainment Man Podcast. Entertainment Man Podcast is brought to you by Crispy on the Web. Go to crispyontheweb.com for more information, social media, and much, much more. Welcome to Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Chris and Man. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to a interview podcast. It's been a while since I've, a few weeks since I've done an interview, so it's uh, good to be back uh, doing some interviews. Like I said on the last episode, we got a, I got a slew of interviews coming up, so we're going to be busy. I'm going to be busy with content, but today I have a fellow podcaster, Hamish Hallett. Uh, How's it going? Yeah, good. Hamish Hallett. Thank you yeah. for uh, inviting me onto your podcast, mate. And um, no, really looking forward to having this interview with you. Yeah. Good to have you here. And actually, this is actually my first interview that's not been within Canada and U.S. So it's kind of nice. I'm growing. I'm kind of expanding around the world now. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, 100%. I mean, it's, it's always good to sort of connect with um, international people. And, you know, mm. I've also been to Canada myself, actually, yeah. during my year abroad, which we'll probably touch on. And, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. no, it's good to sort of uh, talk to a fellow Canadian. So it's good. To yeah, it is. So please tell me about your, a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, my name's, you know, Hamish Hallett and um, I'm essentially um, I'm a 24 year old um, podcaster um, but I have a real passion to, for communication really and my story really the reason why um, I do what I do now really is because you know I've been through a lot of adversity mm-hmm. during my early years so I was diagnosed with something called an auditory processing disorder which for those who don't know is essentially a learning difficulty whereby I process information a bit slower than other people now I was diagnosed with this when I was about four years old six years old four to five four to like six years old around that sort of um, age and when I was diagnosed it was you know I thought I wasn't aware of having this issue um, but I was kind of more aware of the you know having this sort of learning to during my sort of secondary school years sort of like high school years for those yeah. who are sort of American and it, it was really for me it was really tough to realize like trying to process things mm-hmm. slower than other people mm-hmm. and that really sort of like frustrated me quite a lot and I remember one time being put into like sets. So in in England, we get put into sort of like sets. So in terms of like set five, set one, in terms of like English and maths and things like that. And I was put in the bottom set. So the set which to a lot of people was, wasn't a good set in that sense, like not a very clever set. And that really hit my confidence massively. It was like really bad and I was like not very happy about it. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, I was kind of like, you know, it, it really hot, rocked my confidence, really. And I was just having to really work hard, and it was just really frustrating for me because of having to learn to. And really, that conversation, then I had a really good conversation with my mom, actually, which then really changed that mentality of saying, look, Hamish, unfortunately, this learning difficulty, which is quite annoying to have, you, you just got to suck it up, really, and work twice as hard as other people mm-hmm. and use this to your advantage. And really, from then, it really spurred me on to really work hard as possible when trying to, like, you know, take on these adversities and really take the challenge head on really so that's really my sort of brief story um but of course we'll go into more depths as you on this podcast really oh. all right cool yeah i know how you feel because i've had autism since i think it was eight or nine years old so i know oh, right. i know how you know difficult it is to you know uh kind of readjust to things and you know medication changes and just kind of getting mm. to i guess getting to adjust to your new lifestyle right yeah no exactly i mean it was it was just kind of like i mean to be honest like in the early 
sort of primary school years, it was fine for me. Like I didn't mm. mind having like a helper beside me sort of helping me out and stuff like that. Like I didn't really take notice of that. I kind of like found it really cool to have mm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really notice like my challenges then. Then yeah, as I mentioned, going to, into like high school and stuff, it, it, it's sort of, it, it's that age where you notice a lot more of the other kids around yeah. you and you notice a lot of like changes like, you know, hormones, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And like loads of different things. So that to me was the biggest note, the biggest sort of like takeaway was like lo- noticing, oh God, like I'm in these bottom sets, I'm getting things wrong, I'm not doing as well. And to be honest, I felt stupid. I felt mm-hmm. dumb. Like loads of really lack of self-worth from those sort of early years. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you felt like this, Chris, as well. Like you kind of, I didn't feel, I felt othered. I felt very like not understood, if that makes sense, really. And those yeah. were like common themes really throughout my sort of like early childhood. I don't know, maybe you felt the same with your autism being. Yeah, it's, uh, I think not everybody understood me when I was growing up through, you know, elementary school mm. until I got into like, a, I guess a specific class room uh they put us into the uh, i was put into the behavioral intervention class and also i tried the m the multiple exceptions class but that did not work out so you know i guess i had to be put in the program that was more suiting for me to help me out so uh, i guess that's part of it too you have to you know be put in a program that's going to help you in the long run right Mm, absolutely i mean especially like i'm very lucky to have you know two parents who were very very supportive of me as well Mm. like i and and also from my sort of background as well as as someone who's you know a white man from a middle class background Mm -hmm. i know there's so many other people who might have not even been diagnosed with watery processing disorder because there are cases by the way of misdiagnosis some people get diagnosed as um adhd uh, dyslexia um even i think autism as well i think it's also like because it's quite common along mm-hmm. other sort of um uh, difficulties yeah. and you know i'm very lucky lucky enough to have you know very supportive mum, for example to take me to a um specialist to get a diagnosed yeah and i don't i don't think unfortunately you know we live in this world where you know those who have those connections or have the resources use them very well those who don't have resources like myself or mm-hmm. sorry not myself sorry someone else who doesn't have those resources mm-hmm. who are able to what well, aren't able to access sort of you know specialists like a audiologist um to get diagnosed with autism process disorder they don't have that yeah. and unfortunately you have a generation of people who have felt like me mm-hmm. who felt stupid who felt dumb but don't know what's causing the issue of why am i not able to process information as well why is my handwriting not well why am i spelling not very good why am i not able to think of the words in top of my head because they're not diagnosed yeah and that's kind of my reason really coming onto your podcast really to speak about this issue because you know i would i don't want a 12 year old self or 12 year old who's mm-hmm. listening to it thinking why do i have all these issues well i'm here to explain it's not don't worry it's not a problem at all it's common you know there are there is someone out there like myself like you who has all true disorder and it's okay and it's it is creating that awareness and it's creating that acceptance mm-hmm. importantly of a learning difference that isn't really being discussed at the moment time. yeah Exactly. And not everybody's going to understand. There'll be a lot of people who understand. Uh, I had one friend. He was, he understood everything I was going through when I was in school. Mm. So, you know, it's just, it takes that one person that really understands you that, uh, you know, is your really, uh, really your good friend too. Mm. Oh, completely. I mean, that that's something as well. Like I, I, I talk about a lot on my podcast or talk about with other people's podcasts if I was guest on or even a guest that talked to me quite a lot on In Pursuit of Passion which I do um, podcast mm-hmm. the support network is so so important because mm-hmm. I feel like you know the, the famous quote goes you know you're the I don't know the, the people who, who you hang out with the five people you hang out with will be will determine
determine your future basically yeah and for me like i've had some really i didn't have some i had some people who weren't very good in my life i'll be honest like early friends mm -hmm. who i thought were friends but really weren't they weren't really didn't look out for me as a mate and yeah. you know i was lucky enough i sort of um, ditched but i sort of like realized that very early on i thought okay i won't hang out with these people but then lucky enough i did find some people who let's say focus on friends who were very supportive and understood mm -hmm. what i had which i was very thankful of because some of them actually had dyslexia which is great mm -hmm. um because that comes of one with that sort of acceptance and understand of what my sort of um difficulty was i had great teachers and again this goes back to you know me being very very lucky to have teachers because again some teachers do not understand what APD is mm -hmm. maybe teach maybe teachers in your school didn't understand what your autism was yeah. actually um and for me I was very very lucky to have that because mm -hmm. you know it's trying to find those people who really who really understand you and of course yeah. they're not going to fully understand you know no one's mm -hmm. going to fully understand my learning they're not going to understand your autism for example mm -hmm. completely but at least just having someone reassuring you being like look you're being heard you know this is a space that you can be yeah. and to at least you know create create that sort of um, mm -hmm. surrounding that has you know that can allow you to sort of um, think your way and allow you to flourish. And yeah, because I went through Catholic school and they didn't really have the the right support for me. Mm. So it's like, uh, okay, my parents said, you know, we're going to switch you to the public side and that's where I had more support. And that was where it, it really, things started progressing and I had one great teacher and unfortunately he passed away uh, three years ago. I think it's about three years ago now he's passed away, but mm. he was a super teacher. Uh, he was a former football player for the uh, Toronto Argonauts. So that was kind of cool. I actually had a teacher that was a football uh, a football player back then so it was kind of cool but but they understood everything they knew they understood everything so it just mm. uh, getting that right help does help too a lot oh totally I mean that's that's so interesting because I again I had a teacher he wasn't he wasn't like a like like, like that that's so cool how you mm -hmm. teach for uh, Toronto like that's so cool yeah um but I had an English teacher actually who even though even though I was in the bottom set of English like even though English wasn't my best subject mm -hmm. um weirdly he allowed me so she allowed me to just accept who I was yeah. amazingly she sort of um, said to me look I really want to teach Hamish in this set because I know he's going to thrive in this set you know it doesn't matter if he's bottom set I can teach him I understand how he went the way he thinks and that to me was the first time a teacher actually finally understood mm -hmm. because I had some teachers like I have one one really good example like my maths teacher one, one maths just did not understand mm -hmm. in terms of what I had like even though I worked so hard in that one particular maths uh, test or maths set um, they just didn't understand me whatsoever they did not see like i was working so hard to try and push myself up to another set this teacher just did not understand me whatsoever but then when i had someone else like this english teacher called miss cole she just totally understood me and, and mm -hmm. said to me look you don't have to be at the top set just be with me because i understand what you have mm -hmm. and that for me was really reassuring because i think again it goes to the support net the fact that you know having teachers around or having yeah. parents around having friends yeah. around that can't can understand you mm -hmm. really is so beneficial and i know that's very it's very, some, some people might not have that. And I know that's really, really sad, but I think, you know, what we do, like the fact we're both talking so openly about our learning difficulties, mm -hmm. hopefully we can help those who might be listening to this who don't have a friend or a parent or a teacher that is reassuring their learning mm -hmm. that okay there are other people who have something similar so actually i am reassured that i'm not the only one facing these obstacles these challenges yeah so it's 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 great in that sense it is and uh actually when i um what the one year i think it was grade 11 i actually got the uh the, the highest or uh, no i had my a good i guess percentage throughout mm -hmm. all the classes and i got like a bronze medal and oh, it, as, a, yeah. as my senior my school and everything i was 
just that's probably one of the proudest moments. But uh, yeah, you may have a disability or difficulty. You know, you still can you know be successful. And mm. all right, I want to talk about a little bit. Can you talk about your podcast, what it's called, and what it's about? Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. So um, my podcast is called In Pursuit Passion. It's produced by M Parts Media, mm-hmm. which is a sort of <clears throat> a sort of like a news organization, or like a media organization. Mm-hmm. Um, they are amazing. They basically help behind the scenes in terms of the editing of the podcast, in terms of um, in terms of doing the social media behind it. All really has been super super helpful in terms of getting the guests, all those kind of things, really. Mm-hmm. And what In Pursuit Passion does really is me interviewing people that have a really deep love for what they do and excel in their field. So this field could be cooking, it could be uh, entrepreneurship, it could be uh, life coaching, it could be, you know, art, it could be anything, like anything that you can think, I will probably try and get this person on the podcast, basically. Like it could be, it's basically having that deep love for what they do. And Mm -hmm. really, and it's not just talking about why they love what they do. It's really getting into the the root of why do they love this particular thing? What aspects did they really draw to in that sense? Like what was it, I don't know, like with entrepreneurship, was it making money? Was it being your own boss? Was it, you know, the freedom that comes with it? Was it, yeah. you know, really diving into like what aspect of your passion really drew you towards that passion? Really? Mm-hmm. And it's also looking at, you know, the highs, but also unfortunately the lows. And I've had some really very, very thought-provoking conversations with a lot of people. Like for example, my our first guest was Gareth Shantakuma, who spoke about, you know, he was in the low lowest point of his life, like really bad mental health shots, really, really bad mental health shots. And he, he you know, self-harmed. Loads of just really, really tragic. However, from that adversity, from that experience, he was like, you know what? I don't want any other man feeling like that way. So he goes and starts up this non-profit called Man Up it up in on, it up in uh, Australia, basically. Mm-hmm. And that shows to me, like, you know, the lows, what the podcast does is really showcase not just the highs, the massive achievements, but also those lows, but not just the, how those lows really impact that person. It's showcasing how that low sort of transformed their passion, really, which a lot of those guests I've had on I've had the privilege to have on um, has been able to do that really so that's really sort of the best way to summarize it I know mm-hmm. on a bit um, but yeah that's how the best way okay. to summarize the passion really alright cool uh, when did you start your podcast so we started it in so in terms of the first episode so it came out in October 2021 mm-hmm. so that was our first episode and we've been going on since so today is like May so we're getting another season coming out soon so we've been going for October November, December, January, February, March, April, May. About eight months or so. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's around around that time. And um, yeah, so, so in terms of like the actual episodes coming out, it's been eight months. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the whole like conversation around In Pursuit Passion, it's been about a year. Because we started, so Empart Media sort of reached out to me about a year ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, around a year to say, look, we've got this podcast that we would like, we'd be thinking about you would be a great host for. So it was just talking about the whole vision, how they outlined it, saying that we really want to get to down to people. Why are they passionate about what they do and love and for me that really resonates because you know i always want to find out you know the lives i'm always i'm i'm someone who's so interested like, yeah I think that's one of the biggest passions of mine is really understanding well how has this person got to where they are now like what have they learned mm-hmm. what things have they had to overcome because again like as i've spoken before on this podcast with you like i've overcome so many things but i also want to learn what other people have mm-hmm. overcome 
and to really try and resonate with that and to try and find lessons out. So really, you know, a year ago when Empire Media went up to me and said, look, we would, we would like to have you as the host of this, I, I couldn't I couldn't say no. It was, it was yeah. such a great opportunity, really. All right. And how often is it, like a week or like how often does it come out? So how, to, how so the best way to ex- describe it is, so we have, so at the moment we have three seasons out. So each season has about six episodes. So it goes about six weeks it goes on for, for one season. And then we have a two-week break and then six more episodes come out for another season and then a two-week break mm-hmm. so that's how it's basically so each season lasts about six episodes so six weeks and then two-week break and then six weeks two yeah. week break basically that answers the question okay yeah it's a lot more simpler than the way i have it i have like 50 episodes in a year and it's a new season like it's 50 a year yeah plus bonus episodes just mine's just more chaotic yours is like simple easy to understand <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say it's simple to about me. I don't know if it yeah. is. Well, it is simple mean, these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lish. I mean, to be honest, it's, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think because I was doing this, the reason why we've done it in terms of like each season only containing six episodes yeah. um, was because, of, well, I'm also dealing with a master's um, multimedia journalism, which mm-hmm. I do here in uh, London, UK. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that as well. And that was kind of partly the reason why behind oh, okay. not doing like as many episodes because, yeah. you know, I've got loads of other things on as well, but I think we wanted to sort of balance it but also, you know, for me, we really wanted to find, and, th- and again, this, mm-hmm. this, there's, there's there's no sort of um, correct way of doing podcasting. Yeah. Marks. Like how we wanted to do it was wanting to really have six quality guests mm-hmm. on on each season. Like we didn't want to just get someone on because they had a passion of this. Like we really wanted to pick guests that were, had a really good story mm-hmm. and would really, you know, give the audience something really to like learn about and mm-hmm. to really help inspire them to pursue their own passion as well. So we were really kind of particular. I mean, I was, yeah, I, we were very particular mm-hmm. in terms of trying to find what guests we really wanted because I think it's so important to really do your research in terms of podcasting because sometimes you see some conversations they bring on certain guests I'm not saying certain guests are bad mm-hmm. I just think you've really got to be careful what kind of guests you want to have and what kind of um, podcast you want to write or present yourself as yeah. the podcast in that sense so yeah we're very particular in terms of who we, who, who we have on and in that sense so that's kind of explains why we do sort of like not as many episodes yeah. in that sense yeah. yeah I don't really have a guideline when it comes to interviews I'll just interview anybody or anybody but yeah. I, I do do the I do uh, the research and all that and just make sure mm-hmm are they the right fit you know that's the the kind yeah. of the, the guides that you do with podcasts and you kind of research them you kind of look it up and honestly i didn't do much research i just went by the information you gave me so i was just like okay but uh hey it turned out great yeah 100 no, percent. what inspired you to start this podcast or uh join this podcast so do you mean so could you rephrase the question again sorry uh what inspired you to uh do a podcast oh do a podcast yeah. oh sure okay sorry my bad fair enough um that's my portion process and just sort of come in place um I think what inspired me to really get into podcasting in general or do podcasts, I feel like it's a really good question. I think I was always, I'm someone who loves sharing knowledge or allowing others to do the same as well. But I was also, I love communicating as well. Mm -hmm. And I felt like as much as I like enjoyed writing articles, for example, as a journalist that I am, I also felt like, you know what, there's certain topics that I write about, it just doesn't cut it completely. And I felt like podcasts for me was, would just do that way in terms of having those long form conversations where you can go in different ways that I just don't think Mm -hmm. other types of content you can do. That kind of was the one thing that's really sort of attracted to me. And to be honest as well, like with podcasting, like the amount of people that you meet through podcasting is just incredible yeah like generally it, it's 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 an amazing amazing thing because originally when i was in canada there mm-hmm. you go, um 
I'm you know, I, I, during my year abroad when I was, I was doing in Canada, I was working for a radio station called CHMA in Sackville, New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of started some like radio sort of um, passion of mine. And so from there, really, I was meeting loads of super interesting people, so many interesting stories, and just having it over a microphone, having a conversation. And to me, I think that was what, again, attracted me towards podcasting was through meeting people and having those conversations that I just don't think you can get through other forms of content that I do, if that's writing, if that's, mm -hmm. you know, what like other social media videos, all that kind of stuff. I just think podcasting, just, yeah, I think yeah. podcasting is, is so interesting where you can have those long form conversations and be, Mm -hmm. you know be able to really dive into certain subjects that i just don't think other content would do yeah like for example if you do it blogging then you're gonna have such a long 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 mm. article or post it's like okay best best to do it on a podcast where you can do it within 20 30 40 whatever length you want to do for a podcast the podcast oh, exactly. you, you can do it more longer longer form on a podcast than you know on your website blog so i guess blogs are not meant to be long long they're just a good length they're yeah so i don't know totally yeah yeah definitely i mean that's yeah that's that's for me really what kind of you know what yeah what again the reason why i think for podcasting was you know having that conversation having that long form um sort of interview mm -hmm. um that's yeah again like i think what attracted me to podcasting all right uh what inspired you to do to get into journalism good question so sorry i'm just charging my computer um, I'll be too sex. um yeah so i think kind of with journalism i think for me i was always interested in current affairs um so i did a politics undergrad um, in politics and international relations um, at the University of Kent, which is in the United Kingdom. And I think, I believe in my second year, this is my second year, end of second year, um, I started just a blog, um, just a random blog. It was just writing because I was kind of like, okay, journalism, this looks quite interesting. I like how, you know, what's going on in the world. I thought so many like questions I had in my head and I had that curiosity, which I felt like journalism, you really need to be quite curious in that sense. And mm -hmm. for me, I think that's sort of what attracted to me was because I was such a curious person. I wanted to find out what's what actually going on with the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of sort of partly the reason why. And from, from the second end of second year, I started this blog called Flying Squid Media, which I know is a terrible name. I know. Um, <laughs> it was, um, I just started that just to you know, start writing about my sort of my views on certain political events, basically. And I, mm -hmm. wrote, I wrote that for a bit of time. And um, I then, during my year abroad again in Canada, I then joined like sort of the local newspaper. Oh, sorry, no, not local newspaper, the university paper mm -hmm. um, that was going on. And again, that sort of really, kept going that sort of passion that drive that i had about you know being coming a journalist or writing it at least you know in, in or being not even being part of journalism but just being part of the media field in general really but you know it was just having that managing the information and even finding out well was what really sort of inspired me and also sharing that information as well mm -hmm. in order to raise awareness i think that all those kinds of ideas really sort of motivated me to become part of you know be, be within journalism really that's yeah. sort of my sort of motivation to get involved because i think yeah, that's that, that's how I sort of felt in that way. All right. Why did you want to get into journalism? I think my why was because I felt like there was a lot of because I'm now doing some big deep deeper sort of introspection of myself and my motivations behind these sort of you know why I go into certain things or why I do certain things is because I think there's a lot of suffering out in this world. I know that sounds very deep, but I think it is mm -hmm. true. And what I mean by suffering is not in terms of physical suffering, but sort of mental suffering, whereby people don't know fully what's going on in the world or don't fully understand a certain subject. And for me, the reason why I want to get into journalism is because I felt like I had a voice, I had 
this knowledge that I think would really help and impact mm-hmm. people. Not just my story of what I what I went through in terms of my adversity, my learning mm-hmm. difficulty, but also my own sort of knowledge that I picked yeah. up through my politics and undergrad degree. I felt, you know what, I have all this knowledge I've gathered up. It would be such a shame if I just kept it to myself. And so I thought being in journalism was for me, I felt like I had the biggest impact to share my knowledge and to impact as many people as possible. Like as much as I think politics, you know, it, you can make the biggest impact within politics and within government, don't get me wrong, you can. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't attracted to that. I was more attracted to looking at journalism and I felt like I could make the biggest impact within that field in terms yeah. of sharing my knowledge through my writing skills that I had developed massively over the last few years and also through podcasting that i've done as well over the last few years that i think for me was my biggest motivation because i felt like i wanted to reduce suffering but for me the biggest way of doing that was through journalism was through podcasting was through writing mm-hmm. okay what do you love about journalism what do i love about journalism i think oh, that's a good question very good question why do i love journalism i think for me it's it's just it's sort of the broader sort of um, the things you can do with it mm-hmm. is what I love about it. It's because you don't, it used to just be newspaper journalism, that was it. Nowadays, it's not just that at all. It's like you can be, you can literally start a blog, as I said, and write, which is great. Mm-hmm. You can create a social media page or create an Instagram page and talk about it through and do that sort of blogging. You can really pick up a phone and do anything. I think for me, it's just that sort of expansiveness of what journalism has come. That's what I really was attracted to and I really enjoy about it because it's not just you know anyone can do it which, mm-hmm. is, which is good but at the same time it also creates that eth- ethics around it like should everyone become journalists you know because some journalists might be really good but some journalists might be you know have bad intentions behind what they do which of course that's a whole whole another debate there but i think for me it's that's one of the reasons really i think the main reason why i was attracted to it was because you know everyone can do it you know if you pick up a camera you, you can write a blog you know that for me is is that very openness of being part of the news rather than just watching it and reading it like you can read mm-hmm. part of it now which i think was really what attracted to me and I, I also guess like in terms again the people you meet through it as well i think you know you've got so many like-minded people who want i mean don't get me wrong i think journalism as much as i praise it i love, love it there's also parts of it that i think should be changed in my eyes yeah um, and i is what's good thing is about it is you know i've met loads of other people who want to do the same so again you're meeting through the people but also doing it in terms of how expensive it is it's kind of my sort of main motivations behind um being part of journalism yeah okay any advice for getting into journalism or podcasting sort of my advice to those who want to get into podcasting i think really know why you want to do it really know your why are you getting into it because you see a bunch of other people doing it and you just want to be part of it like that to me is not not a good enough why like you've got to have a niche you've got to have an understanding why do you actually want to do it because Mm -hmm. i feel like i see so many people start a podcast and by 10 episodes in they stop doing it right i i I don't know you've probably seen it chris like oh yeah like you you know like there's so many times where oh yeah someone starts a podcast and 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 they stop doing it yeah. and it because they don't have a sufficient why they don't have a, an actual understanding of why they want to do it mm-hmm. you know so i think really get into you know, you know can you do this can you do what you want to do through podcasting for a different way and if you can don't do podcasting however if you feel like you can't do something with other forms of content that you can do through podcasting mm-hmm. do it that that's to me is really my biggest thing but also not just not finding your niche either like i think there's so many podcasts out there and and the thing is you've got to find a way to sort of stand out in my eyes like you've got to find like why 
does Jim from, I don't know, Dakota? Or why does, you know, Saffron from, I don't know, Southampton? Why do they want to, why would they want to listen to your podcast mm -hmm. when there's so many other options out there? So really go down. What is your need? Is it talking to people like, like my, like my podcast? Is it finding out passion, for example, right? That yeah. That's quite a niche thing. Is it about disability? Is it about, is it about talking to cancer survivors? Is it about, you know, really find your niche. That mm. is another piece of advice I would do, I would, I would say. Mm. And um, remember that most of the work is behind the microphone rather than in front of it. So mm -hmm. I think like you, I mean, we were having a conversation before this, like the amount of work you have to do behind behind your podcast and the amount of work I have to do behind my yeah. podcast is insane. And a lot of people don't understand that mm. because once again, into podcasts, I think, oh yeah, I just switch on the microphone and that's it. You just start talking and that's absolutely it, right? No, you've got to promote it. You've got to find your guests. Mm -hmm. You've got to find a good logo. You've got to find good music. You've got to do all of this, right? You've got to look at, you've got to, you've got to do so many things behind mm -hmm. podcasts and no many, not many people know before going into it. And that, that's that for me, I had to learn that quite quickly is there's a lot of work behind, mm -hmm. you know, behind podcasting, behind making a really good podcast. So that's my third piece of advice. I mean, I mean, I have so many pieces of advice. Mm -hmm. Sorry, like you might have asked right. the wrong person here. <laughs> All right. Like, um, how much advice I have, but yeah, I'd say those are the three biggest things. You know, mm -hmm. really know your why, find your niche, and lastly, you know, remember there's there's more work behind the microphone than in front of it. Mm -hmm. Especially that now uh, my podcast is now on YouTube as well, so we actually mm. are going to be on YouTube as well. So that's kind of no, you got to do the audio only side of things. You got to edit that, and then you got to edit the video part, so it's no the ends are not dead aired and all that. It's, oh, completely. It's yeah. endless. It's an endless loop, or not Absolutely. loop, not loop. I mean, an endless process. You know, mm -hmm. it's, completely. And it's like uh, rinse and repeat again on the next week, and it's just it goes. It's just the same thing week after week, but you get into a rhythm, which is good. Good too. Mm, no, totally. I mean, that, that's that's the one thing that I kind of enjoy about podcasting is, mm -hmm. you know, for me, like I can have like one of the worst days in the world, but as soon as I have a conversation with you or I have a conversation with my guests, all that I forget about it. You know, yeah. I forget that I'm having this conversation. I'm in like my flow state, which a lot of people talk about when I do my podcasting. Is is I no longer think about the what's going on. I actually am so in tuned. I'm so like to the T, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, to sort of do this conversation. Really, I think that's what you know. That to me, what drew me into podcasting was like I didn't have to think. About it. Like I can, I can just think about the kind of questions that I want to ask this guest, or mm -hmm. why did this person say this? You know, what? How did this event change their life, and what did they learn from this particular experience? For me, it just comes so naturally. And I think that to me is again, it goes back to advice that you said to the previous question. It's like you know, if it feels natural to you to do this podcast, then it clearly is is for you. That's your passion. You mm -hmm. know, that's to me what I found through the guests I interviewed. Like the reason why they're passionate for X thing is because it just comes so naturally to you. You know, yeah. so I think that's something as well to remember like as much as there's so much work behind podcasting sort of uh realm as 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 you can call it the actual end result is so and for me that's why I keep, what i do yeah uh what is so uh can you tell me a little bit about audit uh well, like i say it, uh, auditory processing disorder is yeah sure i can talk a bit more about it absolutely yeah. so um auditory processing disorder. So basically how it sort of works, I, I kind of gave a bit of a brief explanation at the start, but essentially what that is, is essentially it's where, basically, how, how do I explain this? So let's say me and you are having a conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm just slow, I'm just processing what you're saying and the meaning of your words a bit slower than you are, 
basically. That's yeah. how it's best way to describe it. And normally we listen with our ears, norm normally, mm -hmm. and, of and oftentimes the information goes into our ear and then it goes up into our brain and it's where it goes into sort of the auditory cortex. Now the auditory cortex is where we basically process auditory language, so like verbal stuff, like mm -hmm. words, like what, what I'm doing right now. Basically with my brain and other people's brains who have AP APD, there's just a like, the best way to describe it is it's just a bit more of a malfunction. Like it's just a bit slower than me to yeah. sort of process that sort of information. That's like the best way to describe APD mm -hmm. to someone. Um, crazily enough, like only like two to seven percent of like people in the, U in the United Kingdom have it. Mm -hmm. Five percent of school children in the United States have it as well. And crazy enough, fifteen percent of military military uh, veterans have APD. And the reason because of that statistic is because they've been exposed to blast blast yeah. exposure, which is crazy. So that's why you know. And often people would say, "Oh, is it just a hearing issue?" It's not. Like our hearing is perfectly fine it's just our brains is where we process information a bit slower that's where the issue is and it's like mm -hmm. we don't hear with our ears we hear with our brain that's like the best way to say it actually so yeah that's just a bit more you know information around it mm -hmm. essentially yeah i've heard of, i've i've i can't talk today what the heck's wrong with me come on head work no no don't worry it's all right don't worry, don't worry. my brain it's, it's, it's probably my i always have the same thing don't worry my brain's <laughs> processing too much at once maybe that's why that's i'm kind of yes. it happens uh but I, I've heard that uh, people in the military have uh, gotten, I've uh, had uh, audio, auditory processing disorder before. I've heard of it before. And I did some research actually when I was coming up with the notes uh, last week. And I was like, this is really interesting. No, totally. Well, this is the thing. It's, um, you know, I've just started recently this journey of mine just to sort of understand APD a bit more, especially mm -hmm. to, to be a bit more sort of educated on it and also to help educate other people about yeah. it because, you know, there's, there's no point educating someone if you don't have the education about it if that makes sense I don't know if that yeah sense. yeah that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. It makes sense in my brain um <laughs> and uh yeah that, that, that's the thing when i've researched into it like those stats i've just listed like i mm -hmm. was shocked when i found out it was like five percent of school children in the united states have it like only five percent yeah it's a crazy crazy statistic which is about 2.5 million children mm -hmm. um and the fact that military as well you know have ad it's yeah. crazy it is and you know it, it's interesting to find out more of these sort of um you know more of this information there's even subtypes to APD as well like yeah. that I was surprised by um, you know I, don't, I can't remember on top of my head all the subtypes but it's it, it's a massive world out there which I found super interesting and it's not yeah. just you know myself and my personal experience but there's also other people's experiences which I feel is super interesting to find out about really. yeah. I totally agree and uh, I did statistics on like autism too and I was like wow mm. and I, every year I, I look up the percentage it keeps going up and like every year yeah. it, the, the numbers keep changing year after year what are the challenges uh you've had with APD? Yeah, so I've had quite a lot of challenges. So I would say in, in, in like a learning environment, I would say processing what a teacher is saying mm -hmm. for me is my biggest one. So sometimes the teacher might be explaining something and I'm just like, okay, what the hell? This is way too much information. I need to digest this, all that. That's that's can be quite a lot. Um, going out, actually, if, even just going out and get, I, I remember this quite recently, actually going to like a supermarket and mm -hmm. trying to like get my food, 
my house, that to me is quite quite stressful. Weirdly, I thought it wasn't stressful, but then actually recently I've realised actually this is quite a lot because the thing is the, the reason the reason is because there's so many sounds going on. So you got people talking with like trying to get their shopping. I then hear I don't know if you you know the quick checkout thing. So you hear that, yeah. that sound going off constantly. I then have mm-hmm. loads of other things, just people chatting basically, and that yeah. kind of just sort of muddles with my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's sort of the one biggest thing really is like yeah to me it's just like people talking as well like if i'm trying to listen to someone talk and then there's other background noise that to me is really really difficult to try and process mm-hmm. um processing emotions as well that's been quite difficult because sometimes like i'm try i try and like get to the root of like okay why why am i feeling this way and like sometimes that's really hard for me to process like what what am i going through um so i've said you know yeah like processing information going out into some like everyday situations where there's lots of noise that's really difficult mm-hmm. processing emotions i think that's really really difficult sometimes for me um even in terms like my speech as well so sometimes i can be really quiet in terms of how i speak mm-hmm. and then sometimes the person has to say sorry could you repeat that to me or i can be really loud in my voice so there's no in between so that's another um challenge i've had like terms of like yeah. speaking as well my confidence as well has been quite major like there's times where i just don't feel very confident in myself sometimes because i think it is part of my apd because mm-hmm. i just don't feel you know I'm good enough because I have this difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I've, I've achieved so much in my early years, I have achieved. I just, sometimes that imposter syndrome comes in, which is very related to my APD quite a lot. Um, sometimes when I'm, I'm listening to all these challenges, sorry, you do do interrupt if mm. I do go on a bit. Um, you know, things like, um, like even planning things. Well, like sometimes when something really unexpected comes in, like change for me is yeah. so difficult. Mm. But I, maybe you, maybe you get this as well. I agree, um, I agree. I've had know? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that issue before yeah but now i'm an expert i've kind of what's the word i'm looking for i kind of adjusted i've learned how to deal with change it's just right? exactly. it's about you kind of you know taking a second to process the change and then kind of say okay like that kind of coping with it as well like coping and then kind of adjusting to the change oh completely i mean that, that that's the thing i think for me change is actually like the big major one that i struggle with the most it, it, it's dealing with such massive change because i feel i think it's because with our brains are so used to sort of structure and like i know particularly like what information i'm going to be processing mm-hmm. i'm going to process this process this and process this but then when something so unexpected comes in i'm like oh what the hell is this i then have to something else to process mm-hmm. and that's kind of been very very challenging to me like for example like i recently moved house um and trying to find a house in the first place was such a difficult thing for me to, yeah. to deal with because i was processing that completely new thing um and there's times as well like with my university stuff like if i have loads of deadlines trying process all of that as well mm-hmm. has been very very difficult and i actually get shattered i get exhausted um after days of school sometimes because i'm just like i'm processing so much information mm-hmm. i got i gotta chill i gotta, I gotta lie down i gotta, yep. I gotta sleep because it just, it just gets so much so i feel like maybe, maybe maybe you like resonate with that a lot as well oh yeah well i juggle so much i juggle a website like the editing of the website like yeah. the blog every day five days a week and then it's like then then having to do two podcasts and it's just like it's just endless i haven't had a day off probably in week about months now so you know it's just oh well a couple of weeks i guess now i've haven't had a few a uh, few days off but now i'm taking a little bit more but you know it just takes so much to you know process like just to go through it's, sometimes it's hard to go work with your workload like you you take on too much at once and it's just 
but in a situation in a university, you have no choice because you have to get it done. Mm. It's the deadline, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. That's yeah. that's the that's the one thing I've kind of <clears throat> I kind of you know with with dealing with change and dealing with certain things, it's it's kind of like I've sort of got to got to the point now where I sort of accept. Okay, are there certain things that I can control, or are there certain things I can't? Control? Mm-hmm. So, and that to me, I think is such an important lesson that I've had to learn for the, over the last few years is, you know. Be very careful and be very careful how you, how you choose your energy mm-hmm. because I feel like if you're if you're wasting all your energy on something that you generally cannot change the outcome of, you're, you're just going to get exhausted, you're going to get burnt out, you're going to get tired, mm-hmm. you're going to get stressed, you're gonna get all this anxiety, which is just not needed. Yeah. Right? And for me, I've now decided to try and just be very mindful of like what am I what am I giving the attention to, mm-hmm. and I think that to me is something that you know that I think it's, it's such a big it might be a massive lesson for those who are listening because I feel like you know especially the pandemic, I mean that. That to me was such mm. a major. I think for me, weirdly, I thought I was going to really struggle. Maybe, maybe you struggled during the pandemic. I no, did, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you, maybe you did. Mm-hmm. I, I, to be honest, I kind of. I kind of did, I kind of didn't. I don't know how to explain it. Like, at times, it was very stressful, yes. Mm-hmm. However, I also felt like that kind of gave me this sort of lesson of being like, okay, you can't change it. You can't change anything. And that's okay. Like, if you can't change something, that's fine. You just have to leave it. Yeah. And concentrate on what you can control. And to me, I think that was a big, big lesson because I think if I didn't have that pandemic, if I, if we, if I personally wasn't part or wasn't experienced within this pandemic era, if you want to call it like that, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that, I just don't think I would have had that mindset mindset of being okay with things I couldn't control mm-hmm. you know? so I think it's such a it was a key lesson and really yeah. sort of impacted me in that sense yeah it's just it- it was kind of also you know adjusting to being at home a lot more and you know yeah. going out that's another thing that was really difficult uh so what advice can you give to help people with audio processing disorder yeah no um great question so my advice to those who have auditory processing disorder is um really find strategy find some strat- strategies there you go I can't say that word Strat- <laughs> strategies yep. there you go um to try and sort of process information mm-hmm. if that's writing things down if that's using visual cues or things like that, if that's using flashcards, like find things that you can really use to your advantage mm-hmm. to process all this information. Um, if that's sort of sitting closer to the teacher, that's something really quite useful. If that's just trying to, if that's going up to the teacher and just explaining what you have, and that's absolutely fine. Like doing that, I think would be my top, top advice is really, you know, sort of find strategies that can really help you and manage your process disorder. Because the fact is like, I've done all these strategies that have helped me so much that now I don't really need them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think mm-hmm. in this this week in particular, I kind of need to get back in terms of just writing stuff down and being okay with like what's going on because I think there's been times where I, yeah, there's been times of, like this week where I felt like shattered and exhausted and just didn't feel like motivated to do things. So I felt bad not doing as much work. Mm-hmm. I was like, actually, I write stuff down. I feel a bit more productive. But that's just something to like be aware of, like having strategies in place. And rather, th- and then this is my sort of second piece of advice is rather than looking at APD as a disadvantage. Look at look at it as an opportunity. So as much as yes, I might have to process things slightly slower. I might have to be a bit more organised. Mm-hmm. By being more, I'm more organised than other people because of my learning. It's given me all these organization skills that if i didn't have this apd i wouldn't have these organizations mm-hmm. so that's been such a massive benefit to really look at apd as not as thinking wrong like there'll be some things i won't be able to do that's fine except that but also look at it as an opportunity the fact that i'm part of what the two to five percent of people who have it a very small minority who think differently from other people that's crazy to think about that's crazy. Mm-hmm. like that's so so cool to have 
And, you know, being able to speak to it differently is so still awesome as well. Like, that's, that's something, like, I'm so, so happy about. And, you know, I think, you know, finding strategies, looking at as looking at it as an opportunity um, is, for me, I think, such a big piece of advice, I would say. Definitely, yeah. And actually, I show my autism pride because I have uh, on my tag oh, wow. yeah. a, a pen. So, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say I'm autistic. You know, yeah. at the first beginning, I was like afraid to say it online and I've been, you know, ridiculed and bullied online about it. You know, sometimes it takes some time for you to say, yeah, I have this disability. Oh, completely. No, but, oh, absolutely. Like, that, that is also something to, to say as well. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's taken me so, it's taken me so long to actually talk about it. To talk yeah. about this you know i i'll be honest with you chris mm -hmm. i would not have imagined having this conversation with you a few years back generally yeah me, me being so open mm -hmm. and talking about my my sort of um learned because yeah. you know it, it, it's hard like, don't get me wrong it's it's fucking hard so excuse my language yeah. but it's very hard to um talk about it because yeah. you're worried about being judged you're worried about feeling like oh this person now thinks mm -hmm. i'm stupid or thinks i'm dumb because we have these difficulties but actually by starting a conversation by opening up by saying look i have this you're not um you're letting other people in to your life and you're letting these people understand you more by by them understanding us more mm -hmm. we start to break down these stigmas and these really backward ideas that are part of learning difficulties that we need to challenge and that's i think yeah. is the way you know that's to me I've, I've learned so much over recent times is you know someone has got to do it so why not you you know yeah for me i want to i want to talk about my learning difficulty to help inspire change and to inspire people to not feel like i was when i was 12 years old like not feeling feeling not confident not feeling my best not feeling you know mm -hmm. I was good enough you know because you know people are good enough yeah with or without alone you no know? so you know it of course it takes a long time to get to that stage get to the stage where i'm as confident enough to go up and say to someone look i've got this and that's it you know but i think you know take the time for it, it it's it's not it's not a sprint it's a map you know that's yeah. yeah i agree yeah what motivated you to keep going with journalism and, po and podcasting that could help my listeners and other fellow podcasters that are maybe dealing with APD. Um. So, okay, so, so the question is, um, sorry, could you explain that question? Again? Yeah. Sorry. What motivated you to keep going with journalism and podcasting that could help my listeners and other fellow podcasters that may be dealing with audio, uh, auditory processing disorder? Yep, that's fair enough. So the fact that there's not enough information about auditory processing disorder is my motivation behind doing journalism and, and especially as someone who has APD mm -hmm. is why I do is what keeps me motivated because there are still people out there who do not know what it is every time I say I have APD mm -hmm. I always get a questionable look like so what is that and that's that and that's my reason and that's my why is to you know create more awareness and if that's through conversations like this if that's through articles I write if that's through the Instagram posts I do on my mm -hmm. Instagram talking about it that is my hope is to really raise the awareness of what this is because you know there's a, there's a, there's a lot of ignorance around the world now do we could, can we ever get to the stage where there's no ignorance maybe not Mm -hmm. you know what the, the, the life I have how long however long it is I'm going to try my best to try and reduce it as much as possible mm -hmm. and that is through educating people on what I have and yeah. by doing that I hope to reduce suffering I hope to reduce the ignorance that is in this world and you know that's that's the main motivation is the fact there is ignorance out there especially around mm. APD and you know that keeps me motivated to do it to do what I do and that's hopefully that motivation for other people who might have a similar difficulty difficult mm -hmm. to me difficult to difficulty to me there you go um, you know, that's, that might be the, your motivation to try and, you know, talk about it more, to educate more people, because there is a society that isn't very educated on these issues. Mm -hmm. And by being part of journalism, by writing constantly, 
or well, not content, but writing a lot by writing your message, by writing your story or turning your story like I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's all right. Uh, what advice do you have? Uh, now I gotta re reword this what I said because I when I wrote it, I must have been half asleep. What <laughs> advice do you have to pursue their passion uh, who are struggling and want to you know be successful? Sure, so what is my advice to those who want to pursue their passion and want to be successful? Mm -hmm. That's fine, don't worry. I also get sometimes I write <laughs> questions out. I'm like, does this make sense? Like, don't worry, it has, it's all good. Um, so my advice to those who want to pursue their passion and want to be successful. So my advice would be get a, get a support network and find people who are in a similar position to you, but also not just in a similar position, but are also people who you want to be like or want to, to inspire to be like. Now, I'm not saying to be like them completely, like wear the same clothes, wear the same perfume, eat the same food. I'm not saying don't don't go to that extent. Of course don't. Mm -hmm. Don't go to that extent. But at least you would like to emulate what they are doing. And that to me is how by pursuing your passion, like you want to, you, you get inspired by other people really. I'm not saying you're going to get fully, fully inspired by them so that you kind of become this, this person. But, you know, by having some inspiration, you, you've got something to work towards. And really, and it, it, my second piece of advice really is, you know, understand that you know go your own pace mm -hmm. in terms of when in terms of pursuing something like for me in terms of podcasting like i can only do six episodes per season mm -hmm. you could do it every single week mm -hmm. because you love it so much yeah if you could do it every fortnight that's absolutely fine like really mm -hmm. pursue what you love at your own pace um realize that don't don't pursue your pursue your passion to absolute perfection because guess what perfection is an absolute crap standard mm -hmm. to try and look at it like perfection may i make mistakes all the bloody time mm -hmm. And that's fine. I, I've accepted I'm going to make mistakes. If I and don't get me wrong, like I am hard on myself a lot of the time, but try and be mindful of using that as a standard, like perfection standard, in terms of when you pursue your passion. Like really be mindful of that and really think why are you pursuing this passion as well? Again, it goes back to why are you doing it in the first place. Like what what particular thing about your passion really drew you towards pursuing? Mm -hmm. it? Really think about those questions. Really introspect introspect yourself in terms of the whys the the reason behind what you're doing really that that's to me my sort of advice especially because i think a lot of people pursue things to make money i'm not saying that's a bad thing mm -hmm. but when when does that motivation stop or when when what happens if you stop making what then right, right. i feel like to me it's being very mindful of what is your motivation because once that motivation stop goes away mm -hmm. what's keeping you going what, what what is that like is it is it if the money stops what's going to happen like mm. that, that that to me is yeah know, something you've got to be really really mindful of so you know it, it's a you know there's a lot of advice i have about you know people are that passion yeah. all right uh where can they find your podcast so they can check it out yeah so um you can check in pursuit of passion Mm -hmm. on all listening platforms so you can look at on spotify anchor uh, apple podcasts any of the uh, listening platforms you can check it out all on there you can also mm -hmm. follow me um on instagram so it's hamish so h-a-m-i-s-h and then underscore palette h-a-l-l-e-t-t um and you can find out more of like the clips that we sh that we sort of um reveal of the guests also the lessons i've learned from the each each guest that comes on to in pursuit of passion um and also other content i do around apd as well so you can also find that as well all right uh, is there anything else you'd like to add that uh, we didn't talk about today on the podcast um <clears throat> i just want to say like massive thank you chris for having me on to your podcast that that's the one thing i wanted to say like it's a massive pleasure to speak about my journey because you know you, how, how do i say this i'm as you can tell i'm really passionate about talking about my story um and i felt like your platform was one of the main platforms that i 
sort of reached out to to really showcase my story and i just think you know you really allowed me to showcase my story in such a way that you know i don't feel i was able to do in other places so i just want to say a massive thank you problem i want to thank you for coming on the podcast today uh any future projects or you know content that you have feel free to reach out at any time i will probably definitely will definitely follow you on instagram uh so the, yeah just definitely reach out if there's any new projects or anything you want to promote and i'll be happy to have you on no we'll do no thank you chris i, I honestly really appreciate the conversation with you no problem of course you can like the facebook page crispy on the web on facebook by searching crispy on the web uh twitter instagram at crispy on the web and i will see you guys on thursday for a bonus episode i don't know what it's going to be yet uh so stay tuned for that it's going to be a surprise for you guys i'm sure surprise for me too have a great one and i'll talk to you guys on thursday bye for now Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week again for a fresh round. It's the Entertainment Man Podcast.